You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And very pleasant good morning, everybody. As always, good to be back with you. This is the Marlins Rewind, and yesterday afternoon at Lone Depot Park in Miami, the Marlins and the Phillies wrapped up a three-game weekend series. The Marlins, with a victory, would sweep their third series of the season. They had a chance to sweep the Phillies yesterday afternoon behind the right-handed veteran, Elisa Hernandez. And with a recap, as always, here is Glenn Geffner. Marlins had a chance to make it three in a row on the weekend over the Phillies today, but they come up just short in 10 innings. Phillies take the finale by the final of 4-3. to three. It was a bullpen day for the Phillies. Joe Girardi employed nine different pitchers in this ball game. Marlins used six of their own. Eliezer Hernandez started against Sam Coonrod, and this game was scoreless into the bottom of the second after both pitchers worked one, two, three first innings. Eliezer did it again in inning number two, but in the Marlins' half of the second, Coonrod walked leadoff man Jesus Sanchez. He then hit Brian De La Cruz with a pitch. De La Cruz took it. It looked like off the back of the neck, knocked his helmet off. He was down for a while, but was able to stay in the ball game. So first and second, nobody out. Joe Panic struck out for the first out. Then Alex Jackson singled, and the Marlins had the bases loaded. At that point, Coonrod, who hadn't gone more than two innings in any game this year, was pulled by Joe Girardi, having thrown 28 pitches. Lefty Bailey Falter came on to face Isan Diaz. Bases loaded, one out in the second, and at that point, a scoreless game. Bases loaded, one out. It'll be a 3-2 pitch. Falter to Isan Diaz, and Isan bounces it right side. Miller to his right, has the second. They get one, back to first. Nobody was covering. Galvis gets over late. Isan is safe, and the Marlins take a 1-0 lead. Falter faltered. He didn't get over. If the pitcher's at first base, that's an inning-ending double play. So the Marlins catch a huge break. They get the run. They take the lead. They could not add on after that with Eliezer Hernandez hitting an inning-ending fielder's choice in that second. But after two, it was one nothing Miami. Eliezer was cruising along, pitched a scoreless third inning. The Phillies finally got a runner in that inning. Brad Miller led off with a walk, but Hernandez came back to retire the next three in a row with a couple of Ks. In the fourth, he struck out the leadoff man, J.T. Real Muto, but pitching with a one nothing lead, he then had to go after Bryce Harper. 2-2 once more. High fly ball, deep right center field. Sanchez back onto the track at the wall. Jumps, can't get it. It's into the Phillies' bullpen. The home run ball bites Eliezer Hernandez again. Harper, number 27, to tie the game at one. All right, just mentioned what a problem home runs have been for Eliezer Hernandez this year and last year. Coming into this game, he had allowed 12 runs this season, 10 of them scoring on homers. Over the last two years combined, he's given up 22 runs coming in today, 17 of them, 77% on home runs. So Harper homers, a solo shot to tie the game. Two batters later, Didi Gregorius singled. And Aaron Pickoff throw by the catcher Alex Jackson got Didi down to second base with two outs in the inning when Eliezer faced Freddie Galvis. All right, you keep him a little closer, maybe you... Minimizes his chance of scoring from second on a hit. But he'll be running in contact with two outs. 3-1 is smoked to right and deep. Sanchez back, turns, watches, home run. Freddie Galvis off the back wall of the Phillies' bullpen to make it 3-1 again. A home run against Hernandez. So the A's would go through five in this game, allowing three runs on those two home runs. Gave up three hits, walked one, struck out six. 
for the season now, 15 runs allowed, 13 on home runs over the last two years, 25 runs allowed, 20 of them on long balls. And the Phillies led it 3-1 at that point as we headed to the bottom of the fourth. Marlon's got to run back with one out and nobody on. Batting fifth for the first time this year, the highest he's batted since joining the club, Brian De La Cruz. On 2-1, De La Cruz hits a fly ball deep to left. McCutcheon going back onto the track. He's at the wall, leaps, and he can't get it. And it's a home run, and it's a 3-2 game. I thought he did. He just did get it out. The De La Cruz long ball, his third as a big leaguer, pulled the Marlins within a run, and we had ourselves a ball game. It stayed 3-2 3-2 into the bottom of the sixth. Jose Alvarado began the inning on the mound. The left-hander, the flamethrower, Jazz Chisholm, who homered off Alvarado in Philadelphia earlier this year, reached on a booted ground ball at first base by Brad Miller. Lewis Brinson then walked. Marlins at first and second with nobody out. Jesus Sanchez grounded to first, advancing the runners to second and third. At that point, Alvarado was pulled with Brian De La Cruz coming up. Hector Neri side of the bullpen. Marlins had the tying man at third, the go-ahead man at second, one out in the sixth inning, down three to two. You want to just look Three-two up. pitch, a swing and a ground ball to shortstop. That's going to score the run in from third base. They've got the runner caught between second and third. Brinson is tagged out, but the run scores to tie the game at three. Chisholm comes home on the fielder's choice ground ball by De La Cruz. He got the job done. Brinson was out 6-4-5, caught between second and third base. But we were just talking at that point in the broadcast about how hard it seems to be in the year 2021 for Major League hitters to get a man in from third base with fewer than two outs. They've only been successful 52.7% of the time this year, just over half the time. It seems like that number should be significantly higher. De La Cruz got it done with the ground ball to short with the infield back, and we were tied in the sixth inning. 3-3. Three, three. So Eliezer went the first five. Zach Thompson pitched the sixth. Pitched around a leadoff double by Real Muto, retiring the next three. Anthony Basket, but two-out hit to Ronald Torres, but he pitched a scoreless seventh. Anthony Bender, a one 2 3 eighth against the top of the order. Herrera, Real Muto, and Harper. Meanwhile, the Phillies' bullpen hanging zeros. We went to the ninth, tied at three. Bender began the ninth, his second inning. McCutcheon walked on four pitches leading off. He then fell behind Didi Gregorius, but Bender got Gregorius into a 1-6-3 double play. Two outs, nobody on. Freddie Galvis walked. And at that point, Bender, who was fighting his control, was pulled from the game. The go-ahead man at first, two outs in the ninth inning. Stephen Okert came on to face lefty Brad Miller, and Miller had a fly ball to center, sending this one to the bottom of the ninth. So the Marlins had a chance to walk it off. The Phillies brought their closer, Ian Kennedy, in, and he made quick work of Miami in the ninth. He struck out De La Cruz. He got Joe Panic on a fly ball to left. He then struck out Alex Jackson, and we were headed to extra innings. You know what that means. A place runner at second base as we start the 10th. Dylan Floro on to pitch. Freddie Galvis was the runner at second base. Ronald Torres hit a ball to the right side of second base, and Galvis froze, thinking maybe the pitcher, Floro, would field that ball, and he couldn't go to third. It got by Floro out to the second baseman, Chisholm. But because Galvis hesitated, he had to stay at second base. Chisholm threw Torres out for out number one. Floro then struck out Matt Veerling, caught him looking at strike three. So man was still at second with two outs. And Floro had a chance to escape unscored upon in the 10th inning if he could get Odubel Herrera, who came into this series red hot. Herrera 
came into the weekend with a six-game hitting streak, having gone 10 for his last 20. He was hitting 426 in 15 games coming in, but he didn't play Friday, was 0 for 5 last night, and he was 0 for 4 in this game when he came up with a tie-breaking man at second, two outs in the 10th. Floro looks back at second. Galvis off to his lead. Pitch to Herrera. Is a ground ball. Pass the diving Chisholm. Base hit right field. Galvis waved. A juggle in right field by Sanchez. And the Phillies are going to take the lead 4-3 on the two-out single by Herrera. In his 10th at bat, his first hit of the weekend. His 43rd RBI gave the Phillies the lead. Floro comes back to get Real Muto on a fly ball to right. So... He allowed just the one run. The placed runner scored. It goes as an unearned run against Dylan Floro, but it counts just the same. And we went into the bottom of the 10th. Ian Kennedy, who had pitched a 1-2-3-9, got the 10th inning. Alex Jackson was the placed runner at second base for Miami. Isan Diaz leading off, dropped down a sack bunt. So the Marlins are the tying man at third with one out. Another one of those situations. Runner at third base, less than two outs. Can you get him in? Unfortunately, today the answer was no as pinch hitter Sandy Leon struck out. He had the pitcher spot coming up there. The only options Donnie had were the switch hitter Leon and the right-handed batter Jorge Alfaro. He opted to send Leon, the switch hitter up there, to bat left-handed against Kennedy. I also made the point in talking about the decision that Donnie might have been thinking about the fact that Alfaro strikes out so often. Leon is a better bet to just put the bat on the ball, maybe get that man in from third even with an out. In this case, it didn't work out. Leon struck out for the second out. And then it was back to the top of the order, which would have been the Miguel Rojas spot. But Miggy left this game defensively in the bottom of the eighth inning with an apparent injury. We'll hope to get word from Don Mattingly any time on Miggy's status, what happened. Uh, last we saw Miggy, he flew out to center field on a drive near the wall in the seventh inning to end an inning. And in frustration, he spiked his helmet into the ground as he rounded first base, headed towards second base. Maybe he did something in that act of frustration. But Devin Marrero, instead of Miguel Rojas, would be the Marlins' last chance in the 10th inning. Tying man at third, two outs, and Marrero struck out against Kennedy. That's how this one ends. Phillies win it 4-3. to three. So no series sweep for the Marlins as the Phillies, after losing the first two here, take the finale today 4-3-10. in 10. And the Marlins, who had swept two series this season, both at home, one against the D-backs, one more recently, against the Cubs, denied the sweep in this ball game. This Marlins ball club uh, over the course of the season has had chances for many more sweeps than the two that they have been able to record this year. But uh, after winning the first two games, they would lose the third. After winning the first three, they had lost the fourth. In several previous instances, this game today marks the sixth time this series. Marlins went into the final game of a three-game set or a final game of a four-game set with a chance for a sweep that they were denied that sweep as the Phillies win 4-3 in 10. For the Phillies, four runs, six hits, one error, five left. For the Marlins, three runs, two hits, one error. They also left five. Only two hits in the game. Alex Jackson, a one-out single in the second inning, and then De La Cruz, the home run with one out in the fourth. No hits after the fourth for the Marlins. Marlins left five on base, as did the Phillies. Ian Kennedy, the winner, 1-0. Dylan Floro takes the loss, 5-6. and six. Time of the game, 3 hours and 40 minutes. So the Phillies had won six straight before losing the first two here. They leave town now with wins in seven of their last nine games. They improved to 70-66. and 66. They're 31-38 and 38 on the road, now 8-8 eight eight against the Marlins with three games left in the season series, the final three games of the year, October 1st, 2nd, and 3rd here in Miami. 
As for the Marlins, well, they had won four straight at home, but they fall to 57-80 and 80 with this setback today. So they're going to have to run the table the rest of the way to finish above 500 this year. Seems like a long shot, but uh, we'll see how things play out. <laughs> Marlins fall to 36-33 and 33 at Lone Depot Park. They're 21-47 and 47 on the road. Marlins pitchers in this game, Hernandez, Thompson, Bass, Bender, Okert, and Floro combined for eight strikeouts. That means $200 to AutoNation's Drive Pink Initiative. Every time Marlins pitcher strikes out a hitter this year, $25 donated to AutoNation as the Marlins and AutoNation again work together to try to cure cancer in our community. $200 more to AutoNation's Drive Pink Initiative with the 8Ks here today. So the Phillies in 10 beat the Marlins yesterday afternoon at Lone Depot Park in Miami. The Marlins are now 57 and 80. Phillies improved to four over at 70 and 66. Let's hear from Marlins manager Don Mattingly after the ball game. Our gang, uh, before we start, just an update. Uh, shortstop Miguel Rojas left today's game with soreness in his left trapezius. Left trapezius soreness for Miguel Rojas. Thanks, Jason. Uh, Donnie, just, you know, starting with Miggy, just getting that update. Is that something that could potentially linger for a while or do you see him being day to day from here on out? Well, hopefully there's nothing that lingers. We got the off day tomorrow. We'll see where he's at when he comes back. Uh, I know he um, he was a little nervous in that type of game. He'd be kind of have to lay out and everything you have to do to, you know, try to win that game. Uh, think of being a little cautious. Most of the time, Miggy will come and talk to me. He knows when he can take chances with something and, and when he should back off and, you know, trust him in that regard. So I, I think it was the right, you know, obviously a good decision for him. And then obviously I know not the ending you wanted to see today, but, you know, to, to send this one to extra innings, to take two of three in this series, is this the compete level you were hoping to see, especially at this point of the season? No, the guys are battling, and um, you know we we didn't get a whole lot going, but the way you know we were able to get a run, Isan with the battle at bat against the lefty, um, you know, and Dela gets us the solo, and then another good at bat by Dela down o two, and in that at bat, and and puts you know I hate to say put a ball in play, but had a good swing on the ball, hit short. Um, yeah, so I mean, I mean, the guys are fighting for sure, um, and it's definitely not the outcome that we wanted. You know, we 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 got that thing tied up, and you feel like you had a, sh- a shot to to win that game. Jordan, yeah, hey Donnie, in the tent with pitching for the pitcher spot, what went the decision of Sandy over Alfaro, or what was the decision you guys are making between those two in that spot? No, Georgie. You know, the reason he didn't wasn't rolling the plane today was he had some, you know, he's been fight, he's been battling some knee soreness. Uh, he tried to get loose. He probably could have hit if he absolutely had to. Um, but, you know, we, we really wanted to go with the healthier guy right there. Uh, I thought Sandy had a good at bat. He had a couple swings where he got the, you know, got some fastballs up that, you know, he was trying to elevate a, a ball into the outfield. Um, you know, just got him with, uh, you know, the off-speed pitch there late. And then overall thoughts on Eliezer Hernandez and what do you think happened in the fourth with the three runs? Yeah, um, I thought Eliezer was pretty good, uh, honestly. 
Um, Harper gets him with it. I don't know if that's a changeup or the slider, um, but you know, for me, Harper's locked in right now. And when he's like, when he's like that, you know, you got to be careful all the time. And and he, so that was one. I thought. I think the other pitch. I didn't. You know, obviously, I haven't seen it yet. But it looked like it was one of those. He pulls across the plate right down into to Freddie's. You know, kind of hot zone. Uh, not sure. I'm sure he wasn't trying to go there. Um, but it looked like just a ball that he pulled across the plate. And that's really all they got. You know, at that point, it was a you know quick three. Um, and then our bullpen did a nice job of keeping us in the game. We fought and scratched to get back in it. And we just weren't able to finish it off. Donnie, uh, what knee for I, I couldn't hear. That was that going all over. What knee for Alfaro? <sighs> I believe it's left. I'm not 100% sure. It's been the one that's been kind of bothering me. You, you kind of watching me. It's like on the running. When he tries to slow down, you see that that hobble comes. Um, I don't know. I don't know exactly what they're calling it. Tendonitis. And, you know, maybe something different. Um, but he's been fighting it for a, a few weeks now, um, trying to take care of it, treat it with the off day tomorrow, trying to get that thing get ready and get back out there and get in the lineup. I'm just curious. Over the last like four or so games, the defense has some had some like little slip ups. Uh, Jesus, I think it's the second time a bobble in the outfield. Just what are you maybe seeing from some of the guys? Uh, just trying to make plays, uh, honestly, in big big spots and and you know depending on the field. City field, who knows how they cut it, but if you're in these outfields nowadays, they they snake on you pretty good. Obviously, ours is turf. You don't get that same thing. Um, but on a play like that, he's trying to come up and make a play, and he's got it. He can't he can't be cautious. He has to come and go get it. Uh, and look, I'm, I'm not sure, haven't seen it either. I don't know if it kicks a little bit and gets his heel, or he just doesn't get a clean exchange. But um, you know, just trying to make plays in big spots, and 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 you have to. You know, you got, you got to go full speed. You're not going to make those plays being cautious. I just want to ask, we asked you after Thompson's first relief outing, just how do you think he looked, you know, tonight or today, just with, you know, only one game in between? Yeah, I think good. He, you know, um, he's been relieving for the most part of the last few years. So it's not like this is something totally new, but we don't, we want to be careful with him with, you know, kind of the role change. Uh, but he is a guy that can throw strikes. Uh, he gets lefties and righties. It, it's kind of it's going to be good to be able to see him in this role a little bit, you know, because those are leverage spots. These aren't spots that just because they're the fifth, they're still leverage with the game on the line or run up or run down or whatever it is, keeping the game right there. They're important spots. So, uh, again, it's a chance for him to show what he does out of the pin. I think we know his stuff is good. Um you know, and then let the, again let the organization you know make a decision which which route they want to take next year. That was Marlins manager Don Mattingly after the Marlins lost to the Philadelphia Phillies yesterday afternoon. The Marlins are off today, back at it tomorrow night against the New York Mets. 6-40 first pitch, Edward Cabrera versus Carlos Carrasco. We're on the air at 6-10 with Marlins on deck. And as always, we hope you find some time to join us on the Marlins Radio Network, driven by AutoNation.